0: Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening. Yeah. Russian. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for my, for my English. My English is very poor. My Russian, my English accent very hard. But I think best of the best interpreter Holy Spirit. He opened truth for us. Holy Spirit is the best of the best interpreter. When I when I have uh, communications with American people, he has have to, for me two questions. First questions. How are you? <laughs> uh, second questions. What do you think about war in in Ukraine, R- Russian? Uh, what do you think about war Russia with Ukraine? I think it, it's very bad, but I know. God, Ill, God control all. Yeah. God control all things. Book, book of Job, in Old Testament, uh, display, show to us doc, doctrines of sovereignty of God, so, absolutely sovereignty of God. A few lessons, few lessons from the book of Job. Suffering coming to us when we do not accept them job have had good life many kids will reach people he will re- he, he reach people but one day he lost lose lose all lose children's Lose animals, and next time he feel disease What we have today, tomorrow we can lose What we can today, tomorrow we can lose Thank God for, the, for what you have today we don't know what will happen tomorrow. looks, looks to Job. Before, before suffering, good time, good life. But one day, good life, and start suffering. Suffering uh, came into Job's life. Job Job began to ask God questions. Why this happens to me? Good questions. If we have difficult time in in our life, we have a lot of questions to God. Really one question, why? Why this happens to me? Remember, when God blessed to us, we not ask to God, God, why you bless to us? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you ask it to God, I'm not. When God gives to us a rich blessing, we say, okay, good, more, more, and more. But when offerings, su- su- suffering, coming in our life, we have one big question to God, Why? Sometimes we think that God's blessings are the reward for our godly life. I'm a good man, I'm a good husband, I'm good uh, Christians, uh, and God bless me because I'm good. It's not true.
1: Right.
0: God's blessings are a mercy, not justice. Right. God blesses us for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. Only for the sake of Jesus Christ. Job, ask to ask to God. Why? God, give answer to, to job. Sometimes uh, if, if I ask my kids, why?" I want clear questions. Clear questions. God, God is sovereignty. He, sometimes He gives to us different questions. Well, job, job, ask to God. God gives to, to Job. Job, answer. What is answer? If you are reading books of Job, uh, chapter 30, 38 to 41, God God asks to Job. He, God gives to Job lot questions. Do you know? Do you know how I, I'm creations this world? Do you know where? Uh, Storage of snow. Do you know how wild go- goat born baby? And what questions? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? It's true questions. I don't know. It's true questions. I don't know. But job, 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 understanding. He understand. When we looking. For this world this world showed to us uh, how our God almighty 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 yeah. yeah. how God almighty and very wise God God created all perfect This world perfect because God made this Good lesson uh, good good we we can learn from job trust to god trust to god he is very wise he almighty he is powerful god we can trust to god yeah. we must learn to trust god god always and not ask why yeah. not ask why? Yeah. Job, Job, <laughs> sorry, Job understood the sovereignty of God, and Job humbled himself before, before, God. We don't know God's God's plans, but we must trust God always, always. Yeah, okay. Job chapter twenty-two. Verse second. First, first and second. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no doubt can be withholden from thee. Job understood God, absolutely sovereignty God. God blessing God, God blessed job, job, job even, even more after suffering. And I think job, Job don't knows about uh, discussions with God and Satan. First and, ch- and second chapter book of Job, we can read in discussions, God and Satan about, about Job. I think Job don't know about this discussion. And Job was not interested. He just learned to trust God and not ask why. It it is very important to know that God is the wise and sovereignty king of kings and lord of the lord. Romans 8, chapter 8. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the Caled according to his purpose. God bless you. Amen. I
1: God bless you, Brother Sergei. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be in Jackson tomorrow night. Brother Sergey will be speaking there. And then uh, Friday night at Mr. Texas. What's the name of the church there? Heritage. Primitive Baptist Church. And then uh, Sunday in Winsboro, Texas. So, And then uh, next Wednesday night, January, I mean, June twenty ninth at what's the name of that church over there? Ripley Primitive Baptist Church, and then third um, third of July, Lord willing, he will be at Huntsville Heritage Primitive Baptist Church. So pray that God will uh, make his messages effective, effectual by the Holy Spirit of God. Well, I asked Brother Lewis. Uh, and brother Isaac if I could share a word of testimony with you tonight Uh, I have a verse of scripture in the book of Psalms that uh, is a key verse to me in the last few years and that verse is in the 71st chapter of Psalms I've marked it dated it several times verse 17 of the 71st chapter of Psalms O oh God, Thou hast taught me from my youth. I'm one that was reared by Christian parents. Uh, my father never became a believer until after I was born. My mother was a believer before uh, she was married. Uh, my father then was converted by, my, by the Holy Spirit uh, when I was probably about two or three months old. So all my life, early life, I was taken to church. Uh, My parents were not primitive Baptists. They were of another order. Uh, But I was taught respect for the Bible and certain Bible truths. I had a head knowledge of those things. And hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. In the year when I was thirteen years of age, God sovereignty by His grace converted me. I had been under conviction by the Holy Spirit for some time. Uh, although I was reared in a Christian home, taken to church all my life, uh, I became very much concerned, re- aware of, of my own sinfulness, even as a thirteen-year-old boy. Uh, and uh, God sovereignly converted me. Uh, I was baptized. Uh, Shortly thereafter, into a free will Baptist church that was the order that we were attending at that time. In due time, by God, by his divine providence, uh, according to his sovereign will, brought me to the knowledge that he had called me to preach the word of God. Beginning about the age of 19, while I was in Bible college, uh, I was more aware of that submitted to that, and began to try to preach as God gave me liberty and knowledge. I had already come to believe the doctrines of God's free and sovereign grace. I won't say I knew everything. I was a young novice preacher, growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. But uh, that verse says, I declared thy wondrous works. Verse 18. Now, Also, I'm old and gray-headed. I'm 82 years of age, been preaching, trying to preach for more than 50, uh, more than 60 years, Uh, and uh, I would say that uh, God has been graciously good to me. O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. God has burdened my heart for young people in a very special way and for this younger generation. We are living in troublesome times, difficult days, and there are powers and influences and pressure being put on all of us, but especially to our young people, to uh, go a different route than that which uh, you here may be considering and contemplating today. There are... Various courses recommended to all of us. But there is only one course that is set in life that is instructed and anointed by God and laid out in the word of God. That's the sixth chapter of the gospel of Matthew. The Lord himself said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then the promise is that all these other things shall be added unto you. Now I'm well aware that most of you as young people here are more concerned about your careers, your education, and maybe consideration of your married life in the future, and so forth and so forth. Whatever your plans are, I would like to say to you, first, seek you first the kingdom of God. Well, you say, I've uh, been baptized, I'm a member of a certain, certain church, and I believe the Bible, and I believe so-and-so, and so-and-so. <clears throat> the Christian life is a lot like marriage. My my wife and I have been blessed to be married over 62 years. We've for about three years prior to that. So I say for more than 65 years, we've been sweethearts, and we're still sweethearts. I'm thankful for the the Lord for the love that God gave me for her and her love for me. And she has been a gracious and wonderful wife. I'm thankful for those many years. And one of the things that we're going to do after a while, Lord's willing, I want you to help me to celebrate her 82nd birthday. Today's her birthday, and uh, I think she's more beautiful today than she was when she was 16 years old. Well, you don't understand that, but she's my sweetheart. So, but what I want you to understand is, our marriage started, we were Christians, our marriage started, we were very naive young people, we were married when we were 19, I was in college, and uh, we had hard struggles as uh, young people, and our early marriage, fortunately, uh, by God's divine providence, we never had any children until we've been married about three years, and then the children came. We blessed by God to have five children. Two of them are with the Lord now in heaven. Uh, but we know a lot about marriage. I've seen a lot of, dealt with a lot of people in marriage. I tell people that your life is somewhat like the Lord talked about building a house. The wise man built his house on solid rock. That rock is Christ Jesus and His Word. The foolish man built his house on sand. Now the things about those two houses is that both of those houses storms came against. Your life, every one of us, are going to have storms in our life. I'm glad that you're looking at the the Gospel of the Book of Proverbs, Book of Psalms, so i get it right. I mean, the Book of Psalms and verse 34. I, I like that chapter because I tell people I've experienced that chapter. Uh, I believe Brother Lewis spoke last night and I enjoyed the message and appreciate the message. And one of the things he said was that this is not a doctrinal chapter, but this is about experience. Well, if you have lived very long as a child of God, you have experienced to some degree the things set forth in the book of Psalms and chapter 34. If you've not experienced them yet, you will experience them if you're a child of God. There come times in your life when you will have to experience crying out to God. That verse 6, I love that verse because I have experienced it. I know it to be true. This poor man, I say I'm qualified because I'm a poor person. This poor man cried unto the Lord and he heard me. What a precious verse that is. And delivered me out of all my troubles. Well, that's my experience in my Christian life since I began as an early 13-year-old boy. I will tell you, I've not always been a perfect Christian. Never have been. In fact, there's nobody here that's always been a very perfect Christian. But one thing I have found is the Lord has never forsaken me. The Lord has always been faithful to me. The Lord has always been faithful to guide me, direct me, and to correct me. But he's never forsaken me. The Lord promised never, no, never would he forsake his people. Child of God, if you are born again, person... You will never be forsaken in this old world. And when you leave this world, you're going to go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ because he chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world. Not because of your foreseen faith, not because of your works, but because he would sovereignly choose you to be an heir of eternal life. Hallelujah. If you are a child of God, you could say, by God's grace, I'm on my way to heaven, regardless of what's going on around about you. Now, you young people, that may not be so important to you right now. fact of the matter is, if you felt like and someone said to you, the Lord is going to come tomorrow, some of you would be very much disappointed. Because you've got plans made. You've got certain things that you want. I'd like to finish my college education. Well, I'd like to do such and such in my job. I'd like to get our house built. I'd like to get that car bought. You've got plans that you think are so important that really you would like for the Lord to Hold off a little while. But I want to tell you something. You have no promises tomorrow for tomorrow. You have no promises for tomorrow. As a pastor, I have conducted several funerals, and some of them have been for teenagers, young people, some of them have been for middle aged people. Life has no promises to you except this, what God promises. That's the only thing you can trust. It's what God promises. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things shall be added unto you. Now in the Gospel of Matthew and Mark and Luke, there was a story told about a sower going forth to sow. And he sowed seed. Some fell on stony ground. Some fell among thorns. And some fell on the pathways. But some fell on good ground. Now there's much discussion about... What those, that story is all about. Well, the Lord gives it gives, gives explains it in detail. I don't know why there's any question about what the parable is all about. It is about three types of people who receive the word of God. Some of them hard ground. It has no effect on them. And one of the reasons why it has no effect on them is because the fowls of the air, the devil, comes and carries it away very quickly. And he doesn't want it to take any root and have any impact on your life. Some of you sitting here, you've been here at this camp all week. And you've been reared in Christian homes. You've heard preaching a lot of times through your life. The Lord ta- Paul talks about that kind of person in which they hear the word of God with deaf ears and the devil is constantly taking the word of God. It has no impact on your life. Sad. The word of God says, unto whomsoever much is committed, much is required. It's a fearful thing to hear the word of God, an awesome thing. But the truth about the matter is, what you think about the Bible, what you come to understand about the Bible, whether you believe it or not, I want to tell you tonight, there is a God. There is a heaven. There is a hell. And there is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And there is forgiveness of sins. Those are truths that you can live by. Then there was the stony ground. Certain seeds sang up for a while, quickly, and you see that as a pastor in your Christian life. You see people who get really excited all of a sudden, and there a while more, they get baptized and they get in the church, and you just get very happy, and they get happy, but something happens. Difficulties come along, problems, friends, opposition, persecution. Many Christians' experienced are somewhat like sailboat Christians whichever way the wind is blowing. As long as the wind is blowing in a favorable way, they just ride the tide. They just make fast speed. But let a contrary wind come along. And all of a sudden, they begin going back in the opposite direction. Other Christians are somewhat like rowboat Christians. Uh, no matter which way the current is going, they can go against the current for a while, short while. And then their energies run out and they get tired and they likewise also begin drifting back in the opposite direction. Many professing Christians, many young people, I think the figure has been said that most young people who go away to college regardless coming from religious background churches, most uh, Christ, professing Christian young people who go away to college, more than half, more than 50% of them the time they become a college graduate has denounced Everything they were taught. Tragic. They're like the seed sown on stony ground. Or they're like the seed thrown among rocks. Thorns. Persecution. Opposition. The cares of life come along. And then there is the Christians like an old steamboat. Turbine engine. It makes no difference which way the current is going. Which way the wind is blowing. They just keep on going. Whatever the course is called for, they keep on going. I was reading the other day about a submarine that went all the way around the world underwater. Fabulous. God has his people that regardless of which way the current is going, which way the wind is blowing, whatever the world is doing, they are just like an old steamboat because they have the grace of God in their heart they have the Holy Spirit of God there, and they just keep on plowing. I read about those kind of people. For instance, the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, there's three, there's a story there about three Hebrew men. They had been captured by their enemies. They were far off from home, and probably their parents or ancestors were dead, and they were living in a heathen country. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, the great king, who had the power of death in his hand, the great king made a proclamation. When you hear the music, you're going to have to bow down and bow and worship the image. That's what the world will say to you today. The world has a tune it wants you to dance to. The world has a music it wants you to follow after. I hate to call it music. It's noise. It's, you go into these places and you hear this beat, beat, beat noise. No wonder people are living so depressed lives. <clears throat> they don't know what music is all about. I like good music. Whenever you hear the noise of the music, you bow down and worship the idol. The world wants you to worship its philosophies, its ideal of science, false science, its idea of what religion is all about. The world wants to convert you to worship paganism, the pagan gods of this world. And there are, sad to say, some of your friends, maybe some of the older people you know, some of your church people. They're going to do what the world expects them, requires them to do. They'll bow down and worship the pagan gods. But there were three men. They said, oh, king, our God is able to deliver us. They believed in God. They believed that God had the power to deliver them. And he said, oh, king, we're not going to bow down to worship your, your image. Our God is able to deliver us. We believe that. We know that he is able. But regardless of whether he will deliver us or not. We will not bow down. Good question to you. Are you going to dance to the devil's tune? Or are you going to stand for the Lord? That's a question every one of you have to, stand, have to answer to. Throughout your life. You're always going to be confronted with that question. Are you going to dance to the devil's tune? Or are you going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? The only time I read in the Bible when a great crowd followed Jesus Christ, the majority of the crowd following Christ was to take him out and crucify him. If you're following the crowd, young people, if you're following the crowd, rest assuredly, they're probably leading you to crucify Jesus Christ. Those three men, you know the story. They were cast into the fiery furnace. Never one of them burned up. No, no, no. What got burned up? Well, the men who threw them in there, they died because of heat. But what got, something got burned up. Tell me what got burned up. What was it? Who can tell me? The bonds. That's right. They came out of that fiery furnace with not even the smell of smoke, and there was no bonds holding them. The only thing that happened was God set them free. Put that in your pipe, as they say, and smoke it and think about it. Right kind of pipe. Yeah, I know. Seek you first, the kingdom of God. I don't know that I'm the oldest man or person here tonight. My wife caught up with me finally. But I want to tell you from experience, all of you, I know from experience, not from observation, not because everything has gone good for me and my wife, but I do know this, that all things do work together for good for them that love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. We have been through some hard times, my wife and I, financially, emotionally, emotionally, We had two daughters to die with cancer 2015, one week apart. That was a hard blow. God never forsook, didn't really forsake us. We didn't forsake the Lord. We know we knew that the Lord was working for their good and for our good. It worked for our good, believe it or not. We prayed much more. We came much closer to the Lord. There it wasn't pleasant. As someone said, like a dose of salt, it's hard to take, but it was good for us. I'll tell you folks from experience that God is a loving God, a gracious God, and an all-wise Father. Oh, isn't that important? An all-wise Father. He knows much better what's good for you than what you know for yourself. There are many times that I've been confronted, and you will also be confronted with decisions to be made to go to the right or to the left. And you think, well... You know that might be the best and easiest road to go, and over oh, this way is difficulties. The Lord would say, "Seek you first the kingdom of God." You look back in years later and you say, "The Lord led me the right way. I wouldn't want to go the other way at all for nothing in the world." I was in high school. I wasn't always, like to say, I wasn't always the most faithful Christian, but I soon became known as kind of an odd nut because I told him I was screwed onto the right boat I was not going the way that everybody else was going but the Lord blessed me and has blessed me with a good Christian wife a wife who has been faithful to me, encouraging me supporting me all these years Lord's willing, if we live to be to August the 8th, it'll be 63 years if we've been married together. And I thank the Lord for every day of it. So that's my testimony, to tell you that God is faithful, that God is gracious, that God is good. I know that not because I read it in his book, but because of what he's done in my life. I wouldn't want to go back one step I wouldn't trade my life for anything in this world. There's a song. If I could sing, I'd sing it to you. Beth Shea sang it great. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this old world affords today. Because you know what? When the Lord calls me home, by God's grace, I know where I'm going. I'm going to be with Jesus Christ. Seek you first, the kingdom of God. And the Lord promised that he will bless you and grant you all these things. Now, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we've got ice cream to help celebrate my wife's birthday. We bought 325 cups of ice cream. No, you don't get all of them. And we're going to have a birthday cake cup. But my wife's going to come first. Ruth, if you would, please. Hold on. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You want to come up now? I want her to come up. Yeah. Okay, you want to get the cake now? Yeah, yeah. what do you want to do? it's up to you. It's your plan. It is. Well, give me the money. <laughs> come, Ruth, if you would. Oh, we're going to cut the cake. We're going to take some pictures. Okay. Now? Yeah. What do you want to do? That's fine. Good. I tell you what, I tell you what, let's sing a verse about I'd rather have Jesus when we get the cake. Okay. I'd, I'd rather have, have, have Jesus, Jesus than go. I'd rather